Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, Chicago Bears fans? This is Lester Wolfong, Editor-in-Chief at Windy City Gridiron. And we have got a special podcast episode for you guys tonight because Jacob Infante, our lead draft analyst, recorded the Twitter spaces that we wanted to share with our WCG podcast listeners. He did one of these last week, and it was jam-packed with some great information about the Bears. So when he fired up one tonight, I asked him to send me the audio for all you guys that didn't get to catch him live. Twitter does seem to be dying a slow death, but while it's still kicking, make sure you guys are all following Jacob at JacobInfante24 so you can catch all his masterful Bears thoughts and get involved in his next Twitter space and have your question aired. So what is a Twitter space? It's basically a live interactive Q&A with Jacob fielding a bunch of questions from people on Twitter. And while Jacob is our lead draft analyst covering all things NFL draft, he also knows the Bears inside and out. So the questions he took tonight were draft related. Uh, they were about training camp, the Bears rookie class, and, and just so much more. Some real fun Bears discussion, which is why we're bringing it to you guys right now, uncut. Enjoy. What's up, everyone? All right. So welcome, everyone, to another lovely Twitter spaces. Uh, I'm calling it Let's Talk Bears. Uh, we've already got a couple. We've already got a request here. So I'm going to bring in. Don't know how to pronounce that, but I'm going to bring you in and then feel free to ask any Bears, NFL uh, any sort of questions that you guys might have doesn't even have to be about football. Let's let's just talk. All right, you're in. What's up? Can I speak? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, I mean, it's it is Bears related, but it's um, uh, I just have a question. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I'll be I'll be flying to to uh, to the Bears game week one against the Packers. Any tips on like what to bring or something like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's a good question. I think that. If you're going to the game for the first time, first of all, I'll just say it's a really fun experience. You know, Soldier Field isn't uh, amazing. It's not the best stadium that you'll find, but it's a great atmosphere. You know, diehard fans, as I'm sure you know. What I'd recommend is uh, make sure to check the weather beforehand. And if it's going to be even remotely cold, I'd recommend bringing more layers than you'd expect. Because if you're going to be standing out there for a long time, Odds are you'll get pretty chilly, so but it'll be earlier on in the year, so I don't think it'll be that bad. But yeah, just know what the weather is beforehand. Uh, if you have the time, I recommend getting there like at least I'd say like three hours before the game. That's when a lot of the tailgating is like really popping off. Yeah, uh, tailgating's a lot of fun, man. Like especially, I... yeah, especially for Bears games, like they they really go off. Yeah, I mean, I doubt I'll tailgate since I'm going by myself. <laughs> oh no, I gotcha. Yeah, well, you could uh, you could bounce around from tailgate to tailgate and steal people's uh, you could steal people's food, and just uh, but no, I think, but yeah, if you're not tailgating, then just make sure that you. Do you know if you're going to be Ubering to the game or where, yeah, how are you uh, going to get there? 
So I plan on getting a hotel like nearby, but I'll most likely Uber since like the closest hotels are still like 15 minute walks. Okay. Uh, so then in that case, I'd say uh, definitely make sure you have plenty of time to work with because traffic near the stadium is atrocious. So, yeah. you know, however much time you think you need to get there, you know, give yourself like an extra half hour because anything could happen. And uh, real quick, I noticed uh, there's another request here. Blake, I'll get to you in just a second. But yeah, now if there's anything else, uh, any other tips like about, you know, going to Bears games, I'd love to I'd love to help you out. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, no, of course. Appreciate it. Enjoy yourself. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I will most definitely. All right, good stuff. I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you calling in. All right, so now we're going to bring in Blake, uh, who's requested to speak. And again, for those of you just joining us, uh, feel free to request to speak if you have any Bears questions, any NFL questions, anything, not even football. And just in case you hear stuff in the background, this is authentic Jacob Infante lifestyle right now. I'm going on a walk. And this is like uh, the second time I've done this. So apologies if there's stuff in the background, but Blake, uh, thanks for coming in. What's up? Hey man, how's it going? Hey, it's totally fine to multitask. We all got lives, right? Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm actually going my first bears game. I might be going to bears Packers game as well, uh, but, but I'll be, I'll also be going to the bears Carolina game. Uh, so that'll be fun, but, uh, keeping, uh, bears related here. Um, yeah. so I've, I've been listening to like a bunch of podcasts lately, kind of playing catch up and stuff, listening to winning city good iron, listening to, uh, CHGO and a lot of, yeah. there's been a lot of talk and it's kind of an interesting question, multiple questions in terms of like the bears and their, like the step they need to take this year, the steps that every individual player needs to take the defense, the offense, what are some like benchmarks that you or anybody else here in the spaces like feel like are solid benchmarks for like fields, passing yards or overall wins or things like that. Um, Cause I've been hearing that I've been hearing like for fields, passing yards, people throwing around like 4,000. And I'm kind of like, that might be a little ambitious. Um, you know, I, I've, I've gone all over the, the place in terms of like the record, like how many I feel, think they're going to win or lose and, Depending on the day, you know, sometimes you kind of feel a little more optimistic, sometimes not. But just kind of was wondering what your uh, your take on was some of the sort of benchmarks we might be looking for for like a, a successful season. Yeah, so I think with Justin Fields, I've seen some of the, the 4,000-yard stuff too. And truthfully, I don't think that happens this year. One, because of just purely the scheme. I mean, it's they when they do pass the ball, Fields does a good job of you know stretching the field. His uh, you know average depth of targets is pretty you know above average in the grand scheme of things. But uh, right, but still, it's it not probably not a high enough volume. It'll be a higher volume than last year, but it probably still won't be a high enough volume for him to get to four thousand yards. For I'd sure, say if he gets thirty five hundred, if he gets thirty five hundred, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah, and that's, like, kind of what I was thinking, too, because, like, you know, not going to go down to the nitty-gritty of every player and stuff, but, you know, the DJ Moore, like, in terms of passing yards, for example, like, or receiving yards, he's, you know, gotten in the 1,000 area, like, the last few years, with the exception of last year, he only had, like, 800 and something, 900 and something, but he's also had a lot worse quarterbacks, and 
you would, you would think that the number one wide receiver that we just, you know, sold, traded the number one pick for is going to be commanding a lot of, you know, passing or receiving yards. So, you know, I, I've been kind of taking that and then kind of going to the next guy. So I'm, I, I don't know that, you know, 1,100 yards for him is out of the range of possibilities, even with the scheme. Like, you know, you, you have to account it for the running, but of course they have definitely, you know, in the offseason said they want to have fields passing more and it, they still want the run pass option, you know, they still want the scramble somewhat, um, but ultimately they want to see how he develops as a passer. So, like, I, I think I'm in the same boat you are. Like, 3,500, that'd be great. I, I definitely don't see it being 4,000. Maybe 3,800, that would obviously be even better, but yeah, that's kind of just how I've been thinking about it and wanted to see what everyone else is going to take was on that. Yeah, so I think – and also to answer your question about uh, about wins particularly, if they get eight or more, I'll be happy. Right. Uh, any less than that, any, any less than that, I'm going to be concerned. Seven, I might – you know, seven and ten – I, I might not be super happy with the results, but, you know, if Fields is good enough, if the offense takes enough strides, then sure, you know, I'll take right. that. But, you know, I think with that in mind, this isn't a finished product by any means. For sure. Uh, I think, you know, the defensive line in particular, I think that's going to be a glaring weakness. And a lot, a, a lot of the roster got better. Yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, it's hard not to. But, yeah, I, I think eight and nine is the record prediction I'm sticking with. I could see it uh, – I could see nine and eight, ten and seven. I think might be a little bit stretching, but yeah. somewhere around. That I, I think I've seen the line on a lot of places set at eight, um, or you know, eight and a half or whatever. Um, I've I've looked at it like with complete, you know, you know, bias. Like go Bears, Bears are undefeated, blah, blah blah. And the only the the highest number I could get to, and this is completely unreasonable, is twelve. And the on the other end of the spectrum the lowest I can get to is like four or five. Like there's no way it's going to be under that without barring some, you know, catastrophic fields injury, you know, something of that nature. But yeah, I've looked at the schedule. Obviously it's a last place schedule. There are definitely some question marks about some of these teams and still about our team. And it's kind of like, man, that, that could be a really close game. Like, no one thought the Commanders game last year was going to be a loss, certainly. And they've they've yeah. gotten better, and the enemy is there. So it's sort of like that's one of them. You know, you, it's a coin flip. And I think a lot of people are taking those coin flips and kind of saying, oh, well, we got that one. And it's like, I don't I don't know if that's the case. So I'm kind of airing it right around the line. I'm kind of right in that eight, eight and nine like you are. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's honestly the conservative play and probably the smart play just because – you know, like you said, a lot of their schedule right now, there aren't a ton of games where I look at it and I'm like, all right, there's absolutely, you know, there's so little of a chance that they win this game. It's, but there it's aren't Chargers, maybe, you know, that kind of game. Yeah. 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 But there are, yeah, and there also aren't so many games where I'm like, all right, there's absolutely no chance they lose this game. Like, you know, there are a handful in both directions, but a lot of them at this point are honestly toss ups. So I- I'm with you there. But yeah, I, I think that realistically you're not going to win all those games all those toss-up games exactly you're not going to lose all those toss-up games so you know giving yourself a little bit of wiggle room going somewhere right in the middle uh it feels like kind of the safe play but you know and i think that's probably 
probably how it's going to end up. Yeah. Being, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the last thing I'll say on this topic is I think Browns-Broncos are, like, the hardest to predict. I think those teams could be surprisingly very good, and I think a lot of teams are expecting them to be just completely ass, and that's not the case. And so those are two that I'm definitely kind of erring on the side of caution the most. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't – I'm not expecting a win. You know, you can always say, oh, it's, it's the Browns. They suck. Oh, it's the Lions. They – whatever that's not that can't you can't keep having that mindset and i don't see how you know you you can actually sell yourself on some of these games as definite wins when they're they really are a lot closer than, than people think and to, to what you were saying about the the close wins like there were so many games last year that should have been wins or were one score games or you know whatever happened like that eagles game like we had no business being that close to pulling out a win on them. It was surprising. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, the Vikings had so many games that they won that they shouldn't have. So I feel like it's going to kind of be like a little bit of the opposite this year. Like there's going to be some course correction. Like the Vikings are going to lose some of those games. The bears are going to win some of those games, but ultimately it's hard to say that even with that in mind, them getting over nine is it, it, it that, that would be hard to do. Yeah, 100%. And I think that, you know, there'd be a lot of uh, a lot of adjustments and a lot of improvements that need to be made in order to reach that double-digit level. Is it impossible? I'm not going to say it, it's impossible, but I don't think it's likely. So with that in mind, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks for uh, coming in, Blake. Uh, yeah, it's a really good point. So, you know, appreciate you taking the time to, you know, chat with us. Thank you. Of course. All righty, so we're going to – Move on to our next speaker. Kevin uh, requested to speak, so I'm going to add you real quick. And if any of you guys have any uh, questions or any comments you want to make, feel free to shoot them uh, my way. Give a little request here, and then I will bring you in. Kevin, what's up? Hey, Jacob. I'll be quick. Uh, my questions for you personally, I guess. Um, what got you started like scouting talent and just grinding mock drafts constantly? And why is that something that, like, you really hone in on and keeps you going? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question. Uh, I guess part of it's a force of habit when you're a fan of a team that isn't all that good. You always have the draft to look forward to. So naturally, you know, most of my my childhood or, you know, teenage years and then growing up, the Bears weren't all that great. So I had that uh, – the draft every year to look forward to. I've always been really interested in the, like the aspect of team building. I, I just love the concept of consistently looking for ways to get better, to improve your roster uh, and trying to project some of that like future talent. So that's something I started in like 2017, I think is the first year I like actually started watching uh, tape and then like going through and writing scouting reports and, by the way, uh, Super Bowl shufflers, I see you requested. I'll bring you in in just a sec. But, yeah, and it's something where, you know, it's like a, it's a guessing game. It's a lot of fun for me uh, just watching these young players and trying to project, okay, what traits are going to project to the next level? What isn't going to project? And then just the monk drafts, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a sickness. It really is. But I, uh, I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's a fun way to engage with fans and, you know, to introduce people to, 
new prospects that they might not have heard of in like a digestible way. So that's, that's been a bit of my go-to format of course, but you know, I love the scouting reports. I love the grading process and breaking guys down. So yeah, it's just something where I tried it one day and I'm like, Hey, this is pretty fun. So it takes up a lot of time and it takes a while to really get good at it. But, uh, and I still, I still recognize I have a lot to learn. Uh, I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet from a, like from a schematic and X's and O standpoint, but uh, yeah, it's just something you put in the work, just like anything else you put in the work, uh, you dedicate the time and, you know, things will pay off. Cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate your work. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you coming in. Alrighty. So we got a request here from Super Bowl shufflers. I'm going to bring you in. All right. You're in. Uh, I'm going to go on mute here for a second. Cause I was going up a hill. I was walking up yeah. a hill. And I don't know if you, yeah, I was, uh, gotta catch my breath a little bit. Yeah. I'm not in good shape. So, all right. I'm, uh, I'll be listening to your question. Fire uh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking, what do you think is the most realistic move at edge at this point? Like, do you think we sign or trade someone or we just wait till the draft? I truthfully, I don't think a trade is in the works. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that from like an inside perspective. I'm honestly not sure in that regard, but just from you know, like my own guess, I don't think that they'll make a trade before the season. I think that if they're going to do that, they're going to wait a little bit more until they're more confident that they're going to make a deep playoff run. And because at this point, you don't know exactly what they're going to yeah. do. Uh, you know, because they're coming off the bad year. They've added a lot of talent, still have some holes. You know, there's a lot of variables there. You're not so confident, but. I think realistically, I think they're going to bring in someone in free agency. It's just a matter of who. I mean, I've been pushing for Yannick and Gakwe for months, as a lot of people have, especially with, I mean, the guys that they've brought in being, you know, generally pretty good run defenders. And, you know, Ngakwe is not that, but he's a very solid pass rusher who can get into the backfield. Uh, Justin Houston being another name, he just uh, – you know, he has experience playing in the Colts' defense, uh, so he knows more or less kind of, you know, it, it's there's variables there, but has some of that experience in an Eberflus-esque scheme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I, you know, watched every single Colts game and every single Justin Houston rep, but even as like a one-year rental, I mean, that doesn't sound too bad, but I, I don't think I don't think you're solving – edge rusher this year I think it's at this point it's basically impossible and the next year it's just a matter of uh you've got the draft capital it's a matter of which guys you're going to use and because I feel like they have to make some sort of investment it's a it's a premier position and they haven't done so yet yeah I feel like that's kind of got to be the priority because it's we have like decent depth at most positions it really edges like the main hole right now yeah no absolutely and I think that's a good point that's something where I don't think enough people are talking about uh, it's just the depth is a lot better and that's going to happen when you have, you know, the most cap space in the NFL heading into an off season. That's going to happen when you have, you know, the first overall pick and then you trade back for other picks. But I think they've done a good job on both sides of the ball of improving, not just the starting lineup, but if those guys go down, uh, then I think the the last line of reserves definitely uh, definitely better than last year too. But as far as edge rusher, I I'd, I'd say I, if I had to put money down, I'd say 
free agent signing, some sort of, you know, vet, bigger name, maybe not one of the two I mentioned even, but, you know, one of the bigger names out there, and then just wait to like, actually fix it until next offseason. Yep. All right, thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what happens with that Bears defense just because the lack of significant defensive end investment makes me a a little confused. But at the same time, it's like you're not going to fix every position in one offseason. We got a request here. Jared, all right. We're going to bring Jared Feinberg in here. All right, Jared, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. How about you? Doing all right. I uh, can't complain. I just got a notification that there's a severe thunderstorm warning in my area. Oh, but that's wonderful. I'm still outside. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still outside. I, it's still nice and sunny, so I'm going to keep going until uh, until Mother Nature forces me out. But, yeah, what's up? Uh, just wanted to actually talk Bears with you, even though I'm a Panthers fan. Sorry, people yeah. in the in the spaces. I, I know there's there's a little rivalry going on between our two teams right now, but um, yeah. but no, I I'm really curious to know your thoughts on the offense going into the season. You know, Justin Fields, you're looking for a hopeful, especially for me. I'm hoping to see a great progression in year three because of all the weapons he has right now, along with DJ Moore that they acquired this offseason. I'm just curious your thoughts on the state of the offense right now and what are your expectations going into the season for that unit? Yeah, so I think a lot of right now, uh, it's a lot of optimism, really. Uh, Whether or not it's, confidence I'm not so sure I think it's just more faith and hope than anything uh just because you know last year the offensive output was so low uh for most of the year and then even with uh even in that stretch where they averaged like nearly 30 points a game uh you know there were still a handful of things going wrong there but with that in mind I think they've done an incredible job of you know really like like I mentioned earlier just not just adding in DJ Moore, but also the depth. I mean, you have Robert Tanya in his tight end too. Uh, That's not going to be a game-changing addition by any means. But if Polkamet goes down, now all of a sudden you have someone who can still contribute at tight end. And I think the running back, you know, you could argue whether Montgomery or uh, Foreman or Roshan, which one of them is better. But I think the depth of having Foreman and Roshan Johnson – in the backfield is better than Montgomery and then like Tristan Ebner as your third running back. So, you know, that in mind, the offensive line is a young group. Uh, you bring it in Nate Davis should ideally be an upgrade along the interior and then Darnell Wright coming in at right tackle. And in an ideal world, the continued development of 
Braxton Jones at left tackle, and then Tevin Jenkins moving over to the left guard. It's a young group. There's a lot of room for – there's a, a lot of margin for error, I feel like, uh, just because of, you know, it's a young group. They're not super experienced yet, and any projection of them taking a leap is exactly that. You know, it's projection at this point. But, you know, even that said, the bar was very low from an offensive line perspective, from a wide receiver perspective, that it's pretty tough to, you know, foresee that this current group, especially with the investment they made, it's hard to imagine them, you know, putting together similar output. So, you know, that in mind, uh, Fields definitely had some work on his own to do. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, he was perfect and everything else around him sucked. You know, that's not the case. But I feel like there's only so much he can do last year given what was around him so i think this is a this is a make or break year for fields i think uh and i i'm saying this with confidence that it won't be a break year i think that there's going to be a significant improvement and obviously the the run value is very high but yeah i think that even with it all being projection at this point i think there's still a very you know a much higher ceiling so mm-hmm. it, i think that also depends on if offensive coordinator Luke Getzey can, you know, make some changes, which uh, I can go into for sure also. But, yeah, from a personnel perspective, a uh, lot of upside, not a lot of, like, assured confidence, but a lot of hope for sure. Do you think uh, Pickens and um, Gervin Dexter, do you think those two as rookies, do you think they'll make bigger impacts than expected in their rookie season, I mean, considering the depth of that defensive line or just that defensive front in general, it looks like they may have bigger opportunities this season to get playing time. So I just want to know your thoughts on that on that group real quick. Yeah, so I think I, I wouldn't at all be shocked if Dexter ended up starting at defensive tackle pretty early. Okay. Uh, whether it's week one, you know, I don't know. I think they'll roll Justin Jones and Andrew Billings to start in week one. But I think Dexter has, a, uh, you know, a more clear road to start as a one technique than Zach Pickens does as a three. So, mm-hmm. you know, but with that in mind, I still expect both of them to play a decent role in the defense right away. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to go rotation heavy on the D-line, you know, now, a lot of teams do that. You know, we saw that with the Bears last year, even though, you know, looking at the Bears defensive line last year, I mean, that's not something to, you know, be positive in comparing them to. But from a pure usage perspective, I mean, uh, I think Dexter is going to have an opportunity to really shine. Still a bit raw, but I, I really think that he offers a lot more from an athleticism and a pass rushing perspective than Billings does. Uh and then Pickens, I think I saw him as someone who's, you know, a bit more raw than Dexter even. The highs are very high. The lows, he could be kind of, you know, non-existent on the field yep. sometimes. So yep. I think that's just a matter of can he work on that leverage? He's a bit high coming off of his stance. Can he win with better weight distribution? Uh, because he's got the speed, he's got the strength, and he's got the size. Uh, I think it's just a matter of you know, putting it all together and having a true, like, pro skill set. I think right now he's a bit more of a freak athlete 
playing football. I want him to be a freak athlete and a freak football player. You know, if that makes sense. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect, so. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little optimistic for the bears as well. And also I'm excited for the matchup between the bears and Carolina. I think that that will, I think be a nice matchup for both teams, especially what week do they play mid season, right? It's a Thursday night game. I know it's week 11. I think it's okay. sometime mid season. I'm not, I'm not great with the schedule yet. That's something I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta study up on, but that, that sounds about right. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Of yeah. So I think at around that time, we'll, we'll get a good idea for both teams and especially the bears. Um, I, I think, the addition of DJ Moore, that's huge for that team in, in general. They get a leader. You're getting a great – you're getting a terrific player, Bears fans. You're getting an awesome football player um, on and off the field, someone that will be a leader of this team, someone that will make big-time plays for this team as well and arguably has the best quarterback he's had since um, 2018 Cam Newton – at least that first half of the season that year. So this is the best quarterback play he's going to have, hopefully, in a long time. I'm excited to see what DJ Moore does, but also with the Bears, I do like what they have offensively. I like the young talent on the offensive line. And and personally, I'm not saying this to knock on the Bears, but I I don't think that they are a – playoff team yet I think this is going to be another year of development for this team overall Um, they're going to have the draft capital and also they're going to have I I do believe they're going to have the cap space next offseason I would expect next offseason assuming a progression with Justin Fields and the rest of that offense you're going to see a lot of additions on both sides of the ball um, maybe on the offensive line, definitely on the defensive line. If you don't see a lot of progression there, um, that just from my point of view, and maybe another addition opposite Jalen Jones. Um, I do like what Jalen Jones brings to the table from the outside looking in. So, you know, there's stuff to like with this Bears team. It annoys me as a Panthers fan to always see both fan bases just bickering at each other I'm like I, I'm I'm a little over it at this point <laughs> so I'm just yeah. I'm ready for football to start man I'm I'm just ready to get this thing going we can argue about our teams to each other you know once both of our teams play but you know I I, I do think that the Bears seem like they are they are set up for success offensively but again that's all going to come down to fields progression um and how the offensive coordinator really does or how he does to improve around justin fields so i'm i'm looking forward to that yeah no absolutely and uh for those of you listening i know uh you know jared's someone who i trust for panthers opinions and you know he's watched a lot more dj more than i have so i know uh you know there's definitely a lot to be excited about on that front and honestly no i'm with you i think that especially from a 
from a playoff contention perspective, I don't think the Bears are there just yet. But again, when when you consider they were three and fourteen last year, they were you know by definition the worst team in the league. Uh, the fact that you know that's even a discussion is you know it, it says a lot about how much they improved uh, this offseason. So yeah, no, definitely, I think there's a lot of you know there's still room for improvement on the roster. Uh, some additional development that I'd like to see, but I certainly think the uh, I certainly think there's a lot of potential. And it, I think I keep saying growth with this team. Uh, I mean, it's hard to grow. You know, it's hard not to grow when you're the, again, the worst team in the league. Right. But I think that they've added a lot of talented pieces, a, a lot of really good young guys. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, but yeah, no, Jared, I appreciate you coming in. Obviously. Yeah, no problem. A nice Absolutely. chat with you here. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I actually have to run off, but it was good talking, asking a little bit about the Bears. I, I want to make sure I'm up to date on where you are and um, and just get an idea of like what the Bears are like going into the season. Those were really my main questions about like defensive line and the outlook of the offense. So that that's kind of where I was and got some really good answers up. So appreciate yeah. it, Jacob. Yeah, appreciate no, of course, Jared. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. You take care. Awesome. You have a good one. All righty, that was Jared Feinberg. I uh, appreciate him coming in. Uh, you know, check out his stuff. He's got some good, uh, some good Panthers content, good NFL draft content. So, uh, yeah, I'm again. I'm going to bring up uh, if anyone has anything they'd like to say, any questions, Bears, NFL, NFL draft related, uh, feel free to request to speak and I'll let you in. Uh, I'm just walking around right now. I got that notification that there's a severe thunderstorm warning, not a drop of rain since. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life out here right now and just in case anyone's just joining and wondering, you know, why are you doing this? What's this I hear in the background? So last time I did a Twitter space, I was going out on a walk outside. And this is a good opportunity for me to, you know, chat with you all because I'm, you know, I've got nothing. I've got my phone. I've got my legs and that's it. So I'm, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to chat with you all here and you know, get to answer any questions you might have, get to meet you all. And uh, it gives me an excuse to uh, stay fit. So as you can probably tell by if my, you know, voice is going out a little bit, I am not in shape or not nearly in shape as I want to be. So yeah, that that's really all I got to say on that. But yeah, anyone's got any questions, feel free to shoot them my way. Uh, also, I know that as we're recording this, uh, so I'm planning on having this available for rewatch, obviously on my Twitter, but on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can get make this a little, a little trend every once in a while and just uh, unannounced. So, all right, we got Riley Whitney coming in. Riles, all right, I'm going to bring you in to speak. All right. So, 
Riley, Riles, I don't know what you want me to call you, but you're in. Uh, what's up? All right, we're uh, we're waiting for Riley here. We got a uh... hey, yeah, Riles is cool. Oh. Sorry, man. Uh, I just want to uh, say thank. Oh, no, you're good. I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak, and I've been following you for about two years, and I. You're my go-to Bears guy, so I just want to say thank you and for everything you're doing. Oh, thank you. Um, but I, I got some questions uh, relating to the running back room. I just hopped on just now. I accidentally clicked the, yeah. uh, the Elon Musk <laughs> um, <laughs> microphone yeah. instead. But um, referring to the running back room, uh, I know I know Herbert kind of seems like the lead horse in there, um, but. He doesn't seem like a like a dark horse. Do you think do you think Roshan's gonna shine? Or do you think um Williams is gonna take over? Because I, I don't know if Herbert can do it all. I mean and, and he didn't get drafted by this regime, so I'm just I'm just wondering what your insight is in on the running back room. Yeah, no, definitely. So first of all, I, pr- I really appreciate you, you know, popping in and saying that, Riles, you know, that means a lot. Uh you know, it's just a, this is a fun thing I like to do. And, you know, to hear that from people, you know, and to hear that kind of stuff from you means a lot. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah. From a bears uh, running back perspective, I think that uh, I, I've talked a little bit about it earlier in the show, but I think you're looking at uh, Khalil Herbert. I expect to be the, the running back one earlier on in the season. Uh, but I do have a lot of the same concerns you do with him. I think that, you know, you mentioned he wasn't drafted by this current front office. And you brought in Deontay Foreman. You brought in Roshan Johnson. Even Travis Homer, I think he's going to be someone who uh, takes a handful of, you know, snaps on special teams or maybe even pass protection from time to time. But, you know, with that in mind, I think that Roshan's the one that I think down the line I'm going to keep my eye on the most just simply because – Watching him at Texas, I think it became very clear where I know it's this cliche. If he started anywhere else except Texas, he'd be a much earlier pick. And I know that's been said to death, but I firmly agree that. I firmly agree with that. And I think from from a power perspective, from uh, from an elusiveness perspective, from what he brings on passing downs, I think there's a high ceiling with Roshan. Uh, I think that from a pure, yeah, pure upside perspective, Roshan, I think, has the highest uh, ceiling, but he also has the lowest floor, in my opinion. So I think, you know, having said that, uh, I think they'll stick with Herbert and Foreman, and then we'll start to see, you know, Roshan slowly but surely brought in. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a process. Some Bears fans might not be super happy with the lack of touches for Roshan early on, but ulti- I do think that they'll come. I think that, you know, off my pre-draft evaluation of him, uh, he's too good of a player to not have some sort of role in this offense. So I I just – I got off a podcast earlier today. Uh, so with uh, Mike Randall, that's going to be coming out. And, you know, really enjoyed, you know, him having me on. I said that – uh I'd honestly try to avoid Bears running backs in fantasy. I know that wasn't, you know, like the question, but, you know, just in case anyone out there is uh, listening, uh, I think that uh, just 
the complete lack of certainty at the running back position is a bit concerning from a fantasy perspective. There's so much variance with each guy. I could real any of those three that I mentioned, I could see stepping in, leading the team in rushing yards, uh, at, at least at running back, you know, not even bringing up fields. Uh, but I could also see any of them maybe finishing as the third string. So I think Herbert's the safest because I think he'll start as the running back one. And I think he'll still have some sort of role all season, even if he's not the starter, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Really just, I wish I could give a stronger, more confident answer for, Oh, I think it's going to be this many touches a game for Khalil, this many touches for Roshan, this many for Deontay. But I think that if I had to guess right now, by the end of the year, it'll be 40. Uh, by the end of the year, uh, just looking at the stat lines, 40 Khalil, 30 Roshan percentage-wise, uh, 20 Foreman, and then 10%, you know, Homer or anybody else that they put in that running back. So that's just my, that's my guess. But uh, – I think as a whole, the running game is going to be really good. It's just a matter of exactly who's going to take that. No, no one's going to be a bell cow, but who's going to take that running back one role? Yeah, exactly. And um, do you think do you think Foreman could potentially be a cut, or do you, do you think he's solidified on the roster? I mean, maybe. I, I don't. I think that Foreman's relatively safe to make the team, especially after the year he had in Carolina. But I do think, you know, it's it's something to consider because is he going to play a lot of special teams? Would you Probably rather not, have yeah. – yeah, would you rather have – I think Homer would play a good amount of special teams. Roshan has played special teams at Texas. I think he can do it uh, at the NFL level. So – and then Herbert, you're probably not going to have there. So, I mean, I still think Foreman makes the team, and I think that he has a good overall – he carved some sort of niche for himself, but yeah, at the same time, I think that there's, I think out of the three, out of him, uh, Foreman and Herbert, no, Foreman, Herbert, and Roshan, sorry, uh, I think that, I think Foreman faces the toughest road to running back one. Appreciate that, Jacob. Yeah, no, of course. I appreciate you coming in. So thank gonna, you. Of course. So yeah, thank you. Thank you to Riles for coming in, asking questions and hype me up a bit. Uh, it's very nice of him. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take one more question here. Uh, and then I'm going to call it a night. But, you know, I, I also I've been getting notifications. Uh, I'm not in the Chicago area right now, but I've been getting notifications that you know, they're active tornado warnings and stuff. So uh, those of you in the area, please be safe. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on there, but I uh, just want to make sure that everyone's doing all right. Uh, so, yeah, one last question, and then we're going to wrap it up. Anything Bears, draft, NFL-related, feel free to shoot it my way. Again, this is something I'm going to try and do relatively often. Uh as, as often as I can, really, as I'm going on these walks, which, you know, 
if you're just joining and you hear cars in the background, that's what I'm doing. It, it doesn't get more authentic than this. I'm bringing you along on my daily routine and talking bears with you guys. So, and I also just got a text that it's tornado sirens in Chicago. So that's not great, but yeah, anyone's got any NFL questions. We still got some guys in here. So uh, anyone's got anything, then I'll answer. If not, uh, then I'll provide one little source of Jacob Infante wisdom about this upcoming Bears season and then send you all out on your way. But uh, last call for if anyone's got any questions, I'll make sure to bring you in. And while we're waiting, I'll just say there's been a lot of, a lot of discussion about the backfield, and I've honestly really enjoyed that because last year's Bears running game was, you know, the most efficient in the league. And obviously, like, you're looking at it's a high volume compared to a lot of other teams around the league. But even then, they were just so good at the offensive line in that kind of wide zone creating movement up front and the run game, the element of Justin Fields running the ball, the element of, you know, well, David Montgomery at the time, you know, being a, a tough runner who can – it was very difficult to bring down Khalil Herbert's electricity. Uh, so we got one – here we go. One last one. We're bringing Blake in. So this will be our last question of the evening. Uh, yeah, make sure everyone stays safe uh, as this is going on for people uh, people watching on Windy City Gridiron. Disregard for later, but yeah. Anyway, Blake, all right, what's up? All right, since you're wrapping it up, I'm going to do a fun one. If you had your pick of two of the top 2024 draft picks, who, who are you taking? I know you're taking Marvin Harrison. Who's your second? I'm a degenerate about the draft too, so lay it on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I gotcha. Uh, so just making sure, are you talking from uh, purely like a Bears perspective or just uh, like from a pure evaluation in general? Yeah, Bears perspective. So so okay. I, I don't think they need a tackle, so you could probably rule those out. So it's, it's likely an edge, but I, I'm curious yeah. to see what you have to say. Yeah, no, definitely. So – Obviously, you're looking at Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, a wide receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, we're going to have to see what happens because I feel like this in my – I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can here. I think that the Panthers will finish with a slightly worse record than the Bears. Uh, so, if you're looking for Marvin Harrison, it's probably going to be either with that pick yeah. or trading up. Right. Which, will they do? I don't know. But – uh, yeah, Marvin Harrison's definitely one of them just because I haven't really seen, at least since I've started scouting, a wide receiver with a combination of the size, the coordination, the route running, not just the explosiveness coming in and out of his breaks, but also just the awareness, like the ability to uh, disguise route concepts, the ability to, you know, eat up soft spots against coverage. It's really impressive to watch a guy that big move as well as he does. So, and, and it's funny because it kind of ties into what you're saying about the, you know, the, everyone's saying about the Bijan and Roshan thing. Like, I wonder how good Amika would be if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't there. So I would take him as a consolation oh, yeah. prize, of course. Yeah, no, Amika Ibuka, that's another, uh, another very talented receiver. Uh, I've been on record saying I see some DJ Moore in him, which yeah. – 
you know, from a Bears perspective, you can argue, oh, is that too redundant? You have same, two of the same skill set. But my viewing is if you get two DJ Moores on your team, that's, that's a pretty damn good thing. So last, last year we were begging for half a DJ more. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. So if you can, you know, you get the good talent, you take it, you know, however you can. So that, and I'm actually, I'm not going to take an edge, which I know that sounds surprising. I think that in real life, the bears will probably take an edge rusher sure. and I want them to, but in a dream, like total dream scenario, just going off of my favorite non-quarterback draft prospects in this class. Uh, I'll dig into quarterbacks if, you know, things fall apart with fields. Sure. I don't expect them to, but, you know, in in a nightmare scenario, you know, Caleb Williams is fantastic. Drake sure. May is very good. Uh, but I'm going to go Brock Bowers. Yeah. Tight end out of Georgia. And that, that's not a knock on the edge rushers. No. I think this is a very good class. And it's obviously the bigger need, but from a pure, from a pure value perspective, he's just so much fun to watch. And I think right. you're looking at a tight end with, you know, rare athletic abilities, rare separation against man coverage, someone who's got rare yak ability. I think that in an ideal world, he's able to challenge George Kittle pretty quickly as the best yak tight end in the NFL. Yeah. And whether, you know, the high volume is going to be there compared to, you know, Kelsey, Kittle, Mark Andrews, guys like that, we'll see. But I think that there's you know, a lot of potential just purely off of the uh, athletic upside that he brings. Not the best blocker, but he's not bad either. Sure. And I think you just look at someone who can run a full wide receiver route tree at tight end. Right. Even if he's a bit smaller, he's like, you know, what, six, six, three, six, six, four, three, three, six, four, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So he's not the biggest tight end out there, but, you know, he's still, for someone who's athletic as he is, he's still a big guy. So, uh, but yeah, Brock Bowers and Marvin Harrison, uh, either one of them for the Bears, I'm doing backflips. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd do uh, backflips if it was Kool-Aid. If we got Kool-Aid, you oh, know, yeah. just because that's just, a, that's like a gold chip, like a blue chip, you know position to the Bears, to anybody, but specifically Eber Blues has said it this offseason, so I, I, I would, that would be my backflip, I think. Yeah, Kool-Aid, I, I think that's someone Bears fans should get to know because I think you're looking at Jalen Johnson, he's, you know, a quality exactly. starting cornerback, he's solid, he's a good player, but he's, I don't think he's great, at least in my honest opinion. So we got lucky can, and he was better than he was, but he's not, he might not be great. Exactly. And I think you're looking at a guy like Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, the corner out of Bama, for those who don't know, someone who has, you know, the sides, the athletic ability, the instincts and coverage, the, you know, the fluidity, the ball skills, it's just, that's everything, everything you could ever ask for out of a cornerback prospect almost. So yeah. I, I'd be cool. I'd be cool with Kool-Aid for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> bear down. But bear down. Yeah, no, appreciate it, Blake. Thank you. All right, so I'm just finishing up. Uh, I happen to know Scott, so we have one last request. This will be the last one. Uh, so here we go. Scott, what's up? What's up, Jacob? Big-time fan. Uh, first-time caller. 
I uh, just want to get your um, opinion on a draft prospect uh, named Sebastian Luna. I, oh I heard he's like a really good prospect. I just want to know what you think of him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, for those who are confused, uh, yeah, Seb's one of our guys. Uh, we got like a little White Sox fan. Sorry, I'm just trolling. Thanks. Have a good night, Jacob. No, Go you're Bears. fine. He's, he's trolling. I, here, I'll, give you, I'll give you one. I'll give okay. you one. I, no one else is going to get it, but I'll, I'll give it for you. Uh, Sebastian Luna, I think he's someone who uh, – I think something that I'd like to see from him is I'd like to see a little bit more balls. Uh, I think that there are some times where – Oh, for he sure. Can, yeah. He can be – you know, he doesn't have the alpha mentality where, you know, I think that some people uh, – I, I won't name names uh, – tend to uh, tend to put him on a leash a little mm, bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, great guy, great guy. Love Seb, love Seb to death. But that's, that's, my, that's my one character concern for him at the next level. So we'll, uh, we'll see what he can do in the upcoming season. But, yeah. He, he has, I, I he has the good. upside. He has the upside. But anyway, I'll stop drawing. Love you, Jacob. Go Bears. Yeah, appreciate it, bro. Go Bears. All righty. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to Let's Talk Bears. That's the name I'm going to stick with here. I'm, you know, going to publish this over at Windy City Gridiron Podcast Network. Uh, if any of you want to listen back or you want to tell, tell your friends and family, say, oh, Jacob Infante, the coolest uh, lead draft analyst on Bears Twitter, uh, is doing a Twitter space right now. So, you know, and then everyone around you is going to, going to swarm to, uh, to listen to the show. But, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. And bear down.